morning, everybody. How are you all doing? If you don't know me, I'm Anna, and it's a privilege to be able to share with you this morning as we kick off that movie series. So that's for six weeks. We'll be looking at six different movies with six different messages from six different people. So I'm pumped for it. I'm excited. I hope that you are too. Let's all lean in this morning and go to the movies. Amen. Um, so as you saw, we're going to be doing a Born Identity, but first I want to ask you a question. Have you ever had something happen to you and your automatic response really took you by surprise? Or maybe it scared you or embarrassed you and you thought, oh, wow, where did that come from? Well, maybe, for example, this could just be me, but you stub your toe and like a little swear word pops out. <laughs> Are you guys, am I the only honest one in here? Okay. Well, sometimes maybe someone says something that triggers you and you just like have all these emotions well up and you might storm off and slam the door. Always feels good to slam the door. Um, maybe you give someone, actually on a more positive note, maybe you give someone a really great piece of advice and as it comes out your mouth, you're like, wow, I have no idea where that came from, but it sounds good. No, just me? <laughs> but I'm just going to give a quick overview of the movie if you haven't seen. I'm not going to apologise if I spoil it because you've had about 20 years to watch it. Um, but just for a bit of context, the movie starts with a man who is pulled out of the sea by some fishermen. He's been shot in the back. They think that he's dead, but then he wakes up. He has amnesia, and so he doesn't know who he is or how he got there. Like, pretty crazy stuff, right? Um, and throughout the film, he is trying to find out who he is. And the only clue that he has, which causes him trouble, is a microchip that the fisherman digs out of his hip and on it is a number. And this is where the trouble begins because he uses the bank account number to access a lockbox and that tips off some people that he's alive because everybody thinks that he's dead. And all these people start hunting him down. And so the people that he's working for because he's actually a trained assassin and he works for a secret agency He's actually failed his mission, and he's blown their cover. So they are in, like, crisis mode because the whole point of a secret agency is to remain secret, right? Um, and so they mobilise every single other assassin to hunt him down and put him in a body bag. But he just doesn't know all this yet because he has amnesia. Um... But imagine that, like we woke up to COVID overnight and we thought 2020 was a bad year. But imagine waking up to all of that. As he's trying to evade them, he is assessing the information that he found in the little box at the bank. And he's digesting the fact that he had a bunch of different passports in that box and a bunch of different identities. Like how high pressure is that situation? He has no allies, no memories, no resources, and not only does he have to figure out who he is, he's got about seven or eight different identities to choose from. Um, but we find out that his name is Jason Bourne. If I was Jason Bourne, it would have been a really, really short movie. <laughs> because I would have been captured, no joke, within about five minutes. <laughs> That's been quite generous. But Jason Bourne's automatic responses kicked in, as we saw in that clip, and they were literally keeping him alive. 
his body almost went into autopilot mode um, and it didn't tell his memory that he knew how to do all these things. So at one point in the movie, Bourne's boss says, it's like behavioral software. He's following protocol. So I want to ask you, what is your behavioral software? What even is it? Jason Bourne was a highly skilled, well-trained man with incredible reflexes. He was perceptive, smart, quick thinking, um, resourceful under pressure, focused. I sound like I'm describing my husband, actually. Um, <laughs> I was trying to get out a cooking dinner. <laughs> but Jason Bourne had obviously had a lot of training. His discipline and conditioning had formed this behavioral software. And it kicked in, even though he couldn't remember anything about his life. Um, and that came from doing things repeatedly, whether he remembered it or not. See, we've all learned a very particular set of skills. Skills we have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make us a nightmare for people like, sorry, that's the wrong movie, but do you see what I'm getting at? You might have learned how to knit, or to fish, or to bait a hook, or fillet a fish, or play a sport, and you could do those things in your sleep because you've done them a million times before. Maybe you've been conditioned to swear heaps. I know people who can fit about 20 swear words into one sentence. It's actually quite an amazing skill. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have been watching um, a TV series called Matchfit, um, where they take past All Blacks and get them back into shape. And there was a comment that Ironi Clark made um, where they were about to have a practice match, and he said, I'm just hoping that the instincts kick in. Um, because if we repeat an action consistently, like he would have trained for hours and years and played countless games, our brain will store that information as procedural memory, I learnt. Um, and this can happen unconsciously, and that's why Jason Bourne could do all these things that his body had been trained how to do without his memory having kicked in just yet. Um, so he could retain all the ninja skills. That's a different movie as well. <laughs> but what we do repeatedly becomes our behavioural software. You following? So our automatic responses point to the disciplines and conditioning that we have gained by doing things repeatedly. And so what are your automatic responses? What is your behavioural software? What do you do under pressure? Do you fight, flight or flee? Do you run away whenever things get hard? Do you put up walls whenever conversation gets a little bit too deep? Maybe you blame everything on other people. Maybe you blame everything on yourself. Or maybe you're perfect, I don't know. But I know that I found this confronting when I've assessed my own behavioural software. And these can be things that we don't even know that we've learnt. But why does that matter? Well, our behavioural software influences the way that we live our lives how well we discipline ourselves in every area of our lives determines our fruitfulness. So in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, near the end, it says, you will always harvest what you plant. What we sow is what we will reap. What we work on will improve. What we feed will grow. 
What we do repetitively will become the behavioral software that keeps us running and will kick in when we need it. But it has to be things that we need when we're under pressure. See, most of the training that we do is in the hope that when we are under pressure, that the natural response will be a favorable one, right? So in sport, you train repetitively under different conditions so that when competition times arrive, you're able to score the goal, win the game, be the fastest, achieve victory. And Jason Bourne was disciplined and conditioned for a very specific purpose. And even when everything was turned upside down, those disciplines kicked in and they were literally saving his life. A long time ago, I realized that my own responses and my behavioral software was to run away when things got difficult. I liked to do well at school and I did a lot of sports and I did, I did quite well at them. But if I wasn't good at something or I knew that I wouldn't be, then I just wouldn't even try. In high school, I competed in outrigger paddling and we, our squad was training for the national champs in Hamilton. And at that championships, we would have the chance to qualify for the world champs, which just happened to be in Bora Bora in Tahiti. Who would rather be there now? <laughs> but it was a big squad and the team hadn't been chosen yet and I knew that the training would intensify, that there would be a big monetary investment um, to travel overseas. And there was still no guarantee of making the team. So rather than being excited about going on my first plane ride or um, having this great opportunity, I was only 14 at the time, I just freaked out. And it sounded really hard. It sounded like lots and lots of training and sacrifice for my parents. I was 14, I couldn't drive. So they would have to ship me to trainings. And then there was the potential embarrassment of not even making the team. So rather than thinking of the overseas travel and the winning a world title, I just, I just froze under the pressure. And I said, it's all right, I'll just do the nationals. And then if I don't try, then I won't fail, right? So I had my teammates and my parents and their parents in my ear, you know, why don't you just do it? It's an amazing opportunity, you're 14, it's a, you get to compete at an elite level. Like, why don't you just give it a go? But I can be quite stubborn. My husband's probably shaking his head right now. And so I was like, nope, I, I don't want to do it. Stop asking me, leave me alone. Went off, slammed the door maybe. But um, there was something that my mum said that stood out for me. And it went along the lines of, Anna, I just don't want you to run away every time things get hard. And so I had to push against the behavioral software that was kicking in for me and telling me to run away. Um, in case you were wondering, we ended up going. We did the three times a day training, six days a week, in the rain, in the sun, um, countless hours on the water. We swam the laps, we ran up the very steep steps repeatedly, and I still feel the pain now. But we won the gold at the Nationals and we qualified and we went, I went on my first plane ride. We went to Tahiti and I came home with two gold medals and a silver. And thank you. But that's not to brag, that's just to say that none of that would have happened if I had let the same old responses remain there. 
but I had to push back against it and try and change that cycle. Because if you, you can't win if you don't try. But through the course of this movie, Jason Bourne had failed his mission because when he got to the guy that he was meant to kill, he had a child sleeping on his chest. And he was surrounded by, ooh, by his family. And Bourne had been disciplined to be ruthless. He was a trained killer. His bosses treated him like a weapon. But his empathy kicked in, and this meant that he couldn't complete his mission. But this triggered the whole series of events that caused him to lose his memory and rediscover his identity through a new lens. And when he started to find out about his job, he didn't like what he found out. He said, everything I found out, I want to forget. Jason Bourne didn't like what his behavioral software was causing him to do. So are you updating your software? In this case, Jason Bourne wanted to probably completely uninstall his software. And software is meant to help us get the task done, right? I'm sure we've all used Microsoft Word or PowerPoint, or I know that Chris loves a good Excel sheet. <laughs> but software should help us get the task done. But if it's not working, if it's not helping us complete the mission, then it isn't serving us well. And what would you do to the software? You update it or you get rid of it. So are you updating your behavioral software? Are you on the latest update? Have you clicked into those little annoying red notifications to tell you to update your apps? Or are you stuck on an old operating system? Because we do it with our technology, right? Why not ourselves? We do it with our technology, keeping our software up to date, updating our devices, but if the devices aren't work, we get rid of them so that they run more efficiently, right? And we do it with our careers. We update our training to, to move up the ranks in our career, or we start again if we don't like the job that we're doing. But we should do it with all parts of our lives. We are body, but we are soul and spirit as well, and all those parts need training. It's quite natural for us to train ourselves in our education. I spent four years and thousands of dollars in student loan debt on a degree that I realized I didn't want to work in, and I couldn't find a job in the field anyway. So I got a job that was good money for a graduate, but I realized it wasn't what I wanted to do either. Um, so I took a chance and I left that job to pursue a new one that was more creative. Um, we were newly married and my job was our main source of income. So I thought I took a chance, I got this new job, I thought it was going to be great and they let me go within the 90 day trial period. So not only did I have a job that I didn't really like, I had no job at all. And some people would call that really dumb. Um, but it forced me to reassess what I wanted to do and I ended up investing again and training as a graphic designer. But after having children, I realized that I wanted to do something that fulfilled my purpose in God as well and that my spirit and my soul needed training. And so I did the internship here and I now get to combine my passions of helping people and being creative 
and it's the best job I've ever had. They didn't pay me to say that either. <laughs> there was no money that changed hands for me to say that. But I had to update my training to do what I wanted and what was going to fulfill my purpose in God. Um, just like we update our apps and our, on our phone and we update the software on our computers so they work more efficiently, we can update our own software in our own lives. So are you updating your behavioural software? Are you on the latest update or are you stuck on an old operating system? Jason Bourne ended up not liking what he did for a job and at the end of the movie we find him on a tropical location with the girl that he met along the way. Let's just pretend that there weren't like 10 sequels after this movie um, because in the final scene he seems to have given up being a secret agent, being an assassin, and he's decided to do something new. Do you need to retrain? Do you need to retrain? And do you need some new disciplines so you have new software? Do you need to update your behavioural software to achieve your purpose in God, not just your career? We aren't just bodies. We are spirit and soul as well. Are we investing in our spirits like we invest in our education or our possessions? It could be as simple as being disciplined in worship outside of church because it's not this team's responsibility for your worship. Reading the Bible daily, not getting secondhand revelation. It's not up to Pastor Craig and Pastor Trinity to teach us everything that we need to know. We need to be in the word, getting our own revelation. Come on. That's our responsibility. Praying without ceasing. Praying as our automatic response, not the last resort. It's not the prayer team's responsibility. They will pray for you. Pastor Craig and Trinity will lead us, but at some point we have to take responsibility as well. I once heard a quote that there are no grandchildren, in heaven, in the kingdom, God has children. And so we have to have that connection ourselves. We can't go through our parents. We can't go through our pastors. We can't just stay um, accepting secondhand revelation. We need our own revelation. This is how we update our software. It's our spiritual disciplines that update our software. If your spiritual disciplines are within these walls, I was going to say four walls, but there's actually lots of walls. <laughs> but if your spiritual disciplines only happen within these walls, then I am your little red notification, and I'm telling you that your software needs updating. Come on. We can't just be Christians inside these walls. It's our own responsibility. But see what happens when we do these things, when we're conditioned to praise and to worship, passionately and engaged no matter what happens up here it doesn't depend on if the band sounds good to whether we can worship but when we do that our response is that we can pray through praise through the hard times not just when we get the answer that's our responsibility if we're conditioned to read the bible every day in context in context oh that's hard to say but reading bigger passages of scripture, not just hunting and pecking for the things that we need, then our response will be that we will know the truth. 
the scriptures come to mind when we need them. And that's how we fight against the enemy. Because Jason Bourne was being pursued by an enemy. He was being pursued and they wanted to kill him. And there is an enemy who all he wants to do is to steal, you know it, kill and destroy. And these things are how we fight back. Those are the responses that we want to kick in. When we are conditioned to pray as our first response, not our last resort, then our response will be that we get on our knees and stuff will shift. But, you know, often as we pray, it's us that changes, not the situation. That's our responsibility. And these are the automatic responses that we want to kick in, just like we saw Jason Bourne's responses kicking in to save his life. This is the behavioral software that will help us live more effectively. We're quick to invest in worldly education. I spent six years in tertiary study, and I understand providing for our family. But I actually count the investments that our family has made in conferences and books. Those are the greatest investments that we've made into our family. Are you going to the evening with Richard Black? Are you going to invest time into your emotional resilience? We invest in our physical health. Prim and I joined the gym recently, and we're starting to see improvements in our physical fitness. <laughs> it's a slow process. I may have been very fit in my high school age, but that is a long time ago. <laughs> but are we investing in our soul's health? Are you going to the evening with Richard Black? What does this investment look like for you? Something I'm working on is having a daily appointment with God. Because we put everything else in our calendars, right? The dropping off the kids and all of the dates and serving at church and birthday parties. And we put it all in our calendars. But are we, putting, are we scheduling in time to spend with our Father? Are you going to the evening with Richard Black? Did I say that already? <laughs> In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 to 8, it says, Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Listen to this part. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. As I was thinking and ruminating over that scripture, I paraphrased it for myself, um, so it might relate to you. So this is the Anna paraphrase version, just so we're clear. Do not waste time arguing in the comment section of social media. <laughs> Instead, girl, you need to put on some worship, read your Bible, and pray. Body pump class is good, but training for godliness is much better. <laughs> Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come after you've died at pump class. <laughs> this is my version. Maybe you can rewrite your own, but I'll say it again in case you were scrolling through your Instagram. Spiritual training 
promises, benefits in this life and in the life to come. That's where we will spend most of our time. Our life is short, but eternity is not. I used to only worship on Sundays. I was too self-conscious to raise my hands or sing too loud. I found the Bible really hard to read. I found it boring. I used to always fall asleep. And at university, my Bible was literally gathering dust. I had friends that came over who were Christian, and they actually pointed it out to me, like, Anna, your Bible's, like, a little bit dusty. Those are the friends you need. They then invited me to church, and that's where I started my reconnecting with God. I only prayed when I needed something, but I had to update my software. I had to slowly make changes and do things consistently. Just like Jason Bourne's training kicked in automatically, and it saved his life. These are the things. When the second lockdown got me good, it was these things that saved my life. It was still hard. I still struggled. But those things helped draw me to God. He anchors me in the storm. If we strengthen ourselves in the Lord, he will be our anchor. If you strengthen yourself in the Lord, he will anchor you in the storm. Because our behavioral software should show the evidence of Jesus. Our lives should show the evidence of Jesus. Doesn't mean that we're perfect, I'm certainly not. But we have to choose. So we've asked, what's your behavioral software? What are the things that kick in? Are they good things? Are they helping you draw you closer to God? Are you updating your software? If you're not in a great place and your automatic responses are not bringing you closer to Jesus, then you can change them. And lastly, are you using your software effectively? This is simply a matter of choosing. Choosing whether to use your software for its intended purpose. We talked a little bit before about Word and Excel spreadsheets. Chris is a very organized man because of his spreadsheets, I'll have you know. But we all use it. <laughs> In graphic design, there are specific pieces of software for specific jobs. And my pet peeve is when people don't use the right piece of software for the job. Photoshop is for photo editing. You don't design a logo with it. <laughs> Illustrator, look, it's in the names. Photo, photo editing, Photoshop. Illustrator is for illustrations. You can't edit photos with it. That's where you design the logo. I'm kind of talking to my husband here. <laughs> but my favorite piece of design software is called InDesign. And that is, what's beautiful, that is where you can use it to bring together all of the other things. It brings together all your photos. It brings together your illustrations. It brings together your writing into one finished thing. You were created for a specific purpose. God designed you that way. You might have a brain for numbers. You might have an eye for detail. You might be wired for hospitality. And the beautiful thing is that church is like the beautiful software that is in design because it brings together 
all of those things into one powerful thing. We can choose to update our behavioural software. We can choose to do these things to unlock our purpose and calling of God on our lives. We can choose through this to tie together ourselves to God as our anchor. And we can choose to use our skills in the house of God where all of these beautiful gifts come together for one purpose, for one name. So as the team comes, what will you choose? Joshua had to choose. Joshua chapter 24 verse 15 says, But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. We will, will we make changes for the benefit of the future generations? Will we train up our children in the way they should go? First we have to train up ourselves in the way that we should go. So that our children don't have to struggle with the things that we have. Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 16 says, Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths where the good way is, and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. Those good things that the heroes of our faith walked, those paths, are those three things. They worshipped, they read their Bibles, they were connected with God, they prayed. They were reliant on him. They trusted him in everything. 